Good morning, City Church. This is Harrison, bringing you a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. Since this is a holiday week, we're giving our regular contributors a break, so I'm taking over the pod this week. It's a Thanksgiving miracle. You know, I I wonder, how does Thanksgiving find you this year? Do you feel particularly thankful? And if you don't, you can be honest and say no. I think if most of us took a sober look at our hearts, we'd admit that we don't always feel full of thanks. Maybe we can intellectually assent to the fact that we have a lot to be thankful for, but if we're honest, it often takes our heart a while to catch up with our brain. But when we look at Scripture, we consistently find that gratefulness is supposed to be the resting state of the believer's heart. For example, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So this week, I want us to consider how we can grow in gospel gratefulness. And to do that, what I want to suggest what I'm calling the thankfulness formula. And it goes like this, guilt plus grace equals gratitude. Now, credit where credit's due, this isn't original to me. In fact, it's very, very old. It's the summary of the three parts of the Heidelberg Catechism. But I think it serves well our purpose this week. Now, I'm sure it sounds weird to start with guilt. On first glance, it may seem uh, to be at odds with thankfulness. Or at least it might seem to be able to generate a kind of coerced thankfulness and not genuine, unforced thankfulness. But here's why I think we need to start with guilt. A false sense of merit, I think, is one of the greatest defeaters of thankfulness. Let me illustrate what I mean. Um, imagine that you agree to blow the leaves off of someone's yard in exchange for 100 bucks. After you do the job, you go to collect the money, and they start to hem and haul about paying, saying that you charge them too much. Eventually, they relent, and they give you the $100, but then they say, you should be glad I'm giving you that. What would you do? Well, I imagine that if you're anything like me, whether in your mind or maybe to their face, you'd probably have some choice words for them. Be glad? I earned that money. And that's true. Aside from maybe a general sense of thankfulness that you're able to work, you don't have anything to be particularly grateful for in that situation. You're just getting what you deserved. And I think therein lies the principle. The more we view life through a filter of merit, I deserve this or I don't deserve this, the harder it's going to be for us to be thankful. Now, that brings us to the guilt part of the formula. You see, one of the cornerstones of a biblical anthropology is that each of us has the dignity of being made in God's image, but that has been marred by our being born into a state of original sin and further marred by all the many ways that we sin willingly day to day. As Paul pithily says in Ephesians 2, we are dead in our sins. And so if that's the case, all we merit in this life is death at best and eternal punishment at worst. And as harsh as that sounds, it's the starting point to that kind of always-on sense of thankfulness that the Bible commends, because it means that anything other than death and punishment is a gift that we don't deserve. You know, if you've ever met someone who overcame a deadly illness or had a nearly fatal accident, you know that they live life differently after that because they realize that life in and of itself is a gift. 
Well, when we own up to the fact that we, what we deserve because of our sin is hell, it means that anything that isn't that is a gift of epic proportions. So friends, if you want to be thankful in all circumstances, begin with guilt. But don't stay there. Come back tomorrow and hear the good news of God's grace. Until then, stay well and do good.